Welcome back to Primetime Kansas City. On today's episode, we're going to go over the Chiefs 2023-2024 schedule release, talk about some of the games that we think could be tough on their schedule, maybe some of the stretches that we think they got screwed on, um, and then some of the games that we think that they'll yeah, you know, probably win, probably give a record prediction. We always do give like a way too early one in May. We'll go over the NBA playoffs. We're at the conference finals. And this is not a repeat episode from 2020, but the teams are the Nuggets, Lakers, Heat, and Celtics. Uh, do not think you accidentally clicked on a COVID episode. It's the same from the bubble. And then we'll talk about how bad the Royals are because, I mean, they don't give us any other options. Let's start with the Chiefs schedule. John, out of the entire Chiefs schedule, what game are you looking forward to the most? Yeah, I think I think there's got to be an obvious answer, and it's that New Year's game against the Bengals. Um, I really feel like in the entire, um, in my entire time as a Chiefs fan, there hasn't been a team that I like truly identify as a rival. I know a lot of people hate the Raiders, um, and I hated the Broncos for a while when they were kicking our ass. But truly, there's never been a team that I felt like we competed for actual meaningful things against until the Cincinnati Bengals, and we've done it back-to-back years. They are bona fide rivals. I don't care what anyone on the internet tells me. Um, they are our arch rivals at the moment, so I have that one circled with a bunch of red uh, red lines. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a fantastic game, and the placement of it in the schedule really um, leaves some massive implications. Uh, it also sets up a situation where we're very likely to play them twice in – uh, a month or less. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be a little bit interesting to monitor. Um, and yeah, uh, there's a lot of exciting games on there as well um, as far as the home slate goes, but that's the one that I'm truly looking forward to uh, as someone that is looking, is raring to get back out to Arrowhead. Just absolutely cannot wait. Yeah, um, that one's obviously, I think everybody's looking forward to that. Um, man, December is just like, you get... You go to Green Bay, you get Buffalo, you go to New England, Raiders, Bengals. That's a that's a huge month. I mean, December's always mm-hmm. a big month, but mm-hmm. that is so many good opponents in that month. And then, you know, the one game in January, you're at the Chargers. So it's really, I mean, that is, it's good and bad. It's good that, that I, I like not having that gauntlet early in the season. Uh, but at the same time, you just know it'll make, if you do drop and you do what the Chiefs normally do and drop a game you should have won early in the season, it's going to make it tougher on you looking ahead because you're going to be like, shit, we have an yeah. absolute mm-hmm. tear. That's not even to mention we play Philly on the 20th of November. Like It's going to be interesting. Uh, what did you think about them picking Detroit for opening night? Yeah, so I think it kind of worked out that way. Um, I was reading about this that apparently – I want to say it was like the Panthers and Broncos played on opening night following yeah. their Super Bowl. It might have been a different matchup. No, and ever since then, they've never had like a conference championship or Super Bowl matchup as the opening night game because I want to say like Panthers players complained that it was like the most horrible thing or something, <laughs> um, which quite frankly, like I could give a shit about. But so I kind of saw that this was going to be the situation. Um, but still, I think. It's, an, it's still going to be a pretty exciting matchup to open things off with. The the Lions finished last season with a ton of momentum. Um, I think a lot of people would have loved to see them in the playoffs. Maybe they would have um, at least surprised some people with a closer game against San Francisco than um, the Seahawks ended up giving us. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, uh, I think it I think it should be an exciting one to get it going. And uh, a lot of people are high on Detroit at the moment, even though they had a very questionable draft. Um, so yeah, I, I can't say it shocked me a ton, but there's other scheduling decisions that I question more as far as, uh, who the chiefs had to play in the important games that you were looking at. Yeah. I, I really didn't even consider your point about like hanging the banner and getting your rings and shit in front of a team. Um, I guess that is probably why they did that, but I would have, man, now, yeah. now that you mentioned that, I kind of wish it was Cincinnati or Buffalo coming to, uh-huh. or Philly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just kind of wish it was one of them because yeah. Detroit is going to be like, you know, who gives a shit, right? Detroit doesn't really care. I mean, yeah. I guess they, mm-hmm. when we won and then there was COVID, we played Houston to start the season, but I mean, we we did beat them in the playoffs that year, but it wasn't, yeah. you know, not the same, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, that's an interesting yeah. point. I hadn't even thought about that. I think it'll be an interesting matchup. I mean, I think the Chiefs, one thing about the Chiefs is their September is typically really, really good. 
and I think they have a favorable September. Detroit at home, at Jacksonville week two, Chicago at home week three. I just think it works out pretty well for the Chiefs. Obviously, at Jacksonville, it's going to be a challenge, but uh, I think they got, all things considered, a pretty easy September compared to the rest of the schedule. Now, the thing that frustrates me really about this schedule is that we don't get Miami at home. That was one of the games I had circled as well. Um, And it's all because, apparently, Clark Hunt wants to sell more expensive tickets to Bears fans. Yeah. Um, Which is just like, that really kind of pisses me off, if I'm going to be honest with you. Um, That's just like typical owners being like classic rich white dudes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And it's just like, really, man? Like, the reason you you wanted this was so you could drive up the price for the opposing fans that you knew were going to be in town. Like that just that 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 bothers me a little bit. I feel like as Chiefs fans, we kind of missed out on an opportunity to witness um, something that we were all looking forward to. Like Tyreek coming back would have been amazingly fun. Mm-hmm. I think there's a very good probability we never see it. Like he's basically said he's done once his contract runs out. Um, if you know, in Tyree Kill, you got to take what the stuff he says with a grain mm-hmm, of salt. But mm-hmm. that very well could have been the only opportunity to see the Chiefs play Miami at Arrowhead. Um, and instead, we we shipped that off to Germany uh, in a game that was going to be cool no matter who we played. So that was to me a perfect time to play the Bears. Um, but yeah, instead uh, we have to deal with more expensive tickets uh, and an inferior po- in po- an inferior opponent at home. So that kind of annoyed me. I was really a little bummed out, but. Um, I won't. I won't lose my mind too much over it. It just. It was something I wanted to see, man. It would have been fun. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they don't do division games overseas, unless I'm mistaken. But I'm pretty sure they never do division games overseas. For obviously, yeah, that would make sense. Um, so yeah. that obviously takes out three possibilities. Um, they weren't going to do mm-hmm. Detroit because we played Detroit in London last time we were supposed to yeah. host them. Yeah. So they weren't going to do that. So that really left you Chicago. Miami, Philadelphia, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Buffalo. And, and Buffalo, yeah. Cincinnati. We're not going to go to London for the Chiefs. Philly was too good of a game to send to London. So it really came down to Miami yeah. and Chicago. And if the Hunt family wanted Chicago travels well, it's close. And if they wanted that, then the NFL was really left with one option. And it was Miami. Yep. 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 Uh, that's that's kind of exactly how it worked, and um, I guess we, we got to live with it. We got to live with it, but yeah. at least we didn't have to mortgage those other good games. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it is, and you know, it is what it is, and you get the bye week after it, which is nice, and also what's nice is you can play Monday Night Football after it, so you'll get the bye week plus a day, uh, so that that is mm-hmm. nice in the way that that worked out. What's a game you look at on the schedule and you kind of look as look at as a trap game? Uh, obviously we don't know what these teams will look like right now, but what's a game you're looking at on paper we should win, but you're thinking uh, could be tricky. Yeah, you know, I'll be honest with you. I think I think a big trap game is that at Jaguars game. Um, you talked kind of like a, uh, a foregone conclusion. I think a lot of times Chiefs like to um, – News a little bit on those early away games. I don't know if there's necessarily a ton of evidence to back that up, um, but it was what got us in Indianapolis last year. Um, but I don't know. Jacksonville, um, you know, I don't know who they play week one, but they Colts. very well could just be 1-0 coming into that game, feeling very confident. Um, they play the Colts. And it's their home opener, I believe. It is the uh, home opener. Yeah. So, yeah, they should be 1-0 coming into it. Um, they, they lost to us in a pretty close game in the playoffs last year. Um, not super close, but you know, it was a, it was a, not a, it wasn't a blowout. So yeah, I think, I think there's a little bit of danger early on there. You know how the chiefs uh, last year, like to shield things in the early parts of the season yeah, yeah. Uh, and basically the, any easy game of the regular season, you could just kind of feel the offense was a lot simpler than the more uh, exotic games we've gotten from yeah. Andy Reed. I think this is a good candidate to fall victim to maybe that trap, especially given the fact that, um, after you play Chicago, you know, you end up with the Jets, which is a bit of a heavy hitter this season. Uh, and then you get a bit of a rest, but then you go into that tricky stretch that we were talking about. Um, and I think that is a, a potential pitfall. Um, yeah, I mean, Jacksonville's talented. I just think the Chiefs will have 10 days going into that game. Um, that is true. That is true. I That's an advantage. Trust Andy Reid on a 
a long week. Um, you know, I look at a game like at Minnesota, going to you're at the Jets and at the Vikings back to back. That can always be tricky. Um, also, Denver on Thursday night. Just quick turnarounds are always tough. They always, at least it's at home, but it is always tough. Mm-hmm. And also, just weird. I hate when they do shit like this. Playing Denver two times in three weeks is just. I just don't yeah, like that. I don't, I, I don't, I don't like, like that. that at all. I mean, when you look at it, like you play Denver, you play Denver, Chargers, Denver. So three straight weeks, you're in division. So half your division games are done in that three week span. That's huge. Uh, before you head off to London. And then after the bye, it's rate at the Raiders on November 26th, Raiders at home, December 25th, and then at the Chargers to end the year. So, it's kind of like in chunks. It'll, it'll be interesting. I thought it was a, you know, we all thought last year's schedule would be tougher than it actually was. So you never know. But, yeah, I mean, I do think it is definitely a difficult schedule for Kansas City. I could see them looking at it. I mean, shit, like, it's crazy that, like, one of the easier games is at New England. Like, that's how difficult this schedule is. But, I like, that's mm-hmm. one of the easier games. The Just think about the quarterbacks they're going to face. I'm not even saying all these guys are elite, but just think they're all – every guy I'm about to list is at least good. Goff, Lawrence, Rodgers, Cousins is good. and that, It's a 325 game, so you're going to get half noon Kirk Cousins, half primetime Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson with Sean Payton, it's entirely possible he has some sort of a career revival this year. Justin Herbert, Tua with those weapons is productive. Jalen Hurts, um, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. That's a fucking gauntlet of quarterbacks. And that's not mm-hmm. listing. That's not even mentioning guy like Justin Fields, who could be good. Jordan Love, who could be good. Uh, Mac Jones, who has shown shit. And then, you know, Jimmy G, who's pretty mediocre. Like, they just don't get breaks this year with the quarterbacks. No, they don't. There's no... um. I don't even remember the name of the guy that we got to play against for the Rams this year. Oh, um, yeah. however, that did come Bryce Perkins. Bryce, um, that was his name, Bryce Perkins. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's it's a. We thought last year's schedule was hard. I think it got a little more difficult. Oh, this I think is the Jets, insane. Yeah, yeah, I think the Jets becoming a little more formidable uh, helped precipitate that, uh, along with people respecting the Jaguars now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's tricky. Uh, but look, I always, I'm always going to trust this team to show out, uh, in those difficult games. So I am, uh, still feeling all right about the coming season. You know, we are favored in every single game, which is pretty wild. Um, to anybody who who has the courage to bet on a game this far out, kudos to you. I Mm -hmm. am not going to waste my money betting on a game next December that I have no idea Mm -hmm. what the fuck is going to look like. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah. uh we always do this so you know going way far out just this is our very first prediction for next season what record do you think you you don't have to say the games you have them losing but just what do you think the record is i got them with a strong 13 and 4 that's fair i think that is yeah if, if this schedule like i think if they had like a league average schedule this team could go like 15 or 16 and 1 like i honestly yeah do. I just think this is the – I've looked around the league. This is by far the hardest schedule I've seen. This is brutal. Um, I will go – I think I'll mirror you. I think either – because when you think about it, the worst Chief, the worst record the Chiefs have had in the Mahomes era so far is 12-5. and So it's like – and we we pulled that out from the the dumpster fire that was the start of the 2020 season. Yeah, they were 3-4, and and they ended up 12-5. and Uh So – Mm-hmm. To me, it's either going to be I, – I have them anywhere between 12 to 14. I think that's a comfortable range for them. They'll drop yeah. a game that they shouldn't. They'll lose a close one to a team that they – you know, like Cincinnati or Buffalo, they, they're kind of – it's hard when you're the Billy, Chiefs. Yeah. You, get, you get everyone's best shot, and that's every single week. It's what yep. makes someone – it makes a team like New England fucking insane is that they were able to just continuously take everybody's best shot and stay – consistent so it'll be interesting but i'm excited i think it's one of the more entertaining schedules if you are just looking for games to go to the home schedule is insanely stacked like the other than chicago everybody they play at home i'd say other than chicago and the raiders 
everybody that they play at home has a very strong chance at making the postseason. Yep. Yep. Agree. And Chicago has a has a weird dark horse. Maybe might shock the world, slip in with a shitty record chance because that division is very up in arms in the moment. Who's who's really certain how good everyone is over there? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Detroit's the favorite. Chicago. It's De- still Chicago. I think Detroit's the odds-on favorite right now. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I've said something about that NFC North. I don't know if I've said it on here, but I think the NFC North is the only division where I could see any team winning it. I could see Chicago. They Chicago would be the furthest. You know, they're my least favorite yeah. to win it. But I could see in a world where Chicago wins that. Minnesota, obviously, Detroit, and then like. Green Bay, if Jordan Love is good, it's not like that roster's ass. They're not horrible. I, look, I love the idea of that. Don't get me wrong. I'm cheering for the Packers this year. I, I'm big all in on the Packers this year. So, I mean, I'm yeah. just, I'm just like that division. I could see anybody winning. Yeah, no, big time. I look on the subject of the Chiefs' record. Um, I think we, since we didn't get to talk about the draft, I'll just slightly throw this in. But I think the Chiefs have a great opportunity to have the best defense they've had the entire Mahomes era. Um, Just based on their approach to the draft and free agency, they've got some interesting things brewing. Uh, And if if they can hit on one or two of these defensive guys like they have in the past Mm -hmm. uh, to be solid contributors, I think it's just going to be difficult to to see a situation where uh, the Chiefs uh, struggle a lot because they beefed up uh, at the defensive line, at linebacker, um, and they have that young secondary coming back. I am very excited to see what they can throw together this season. All right, so I'm going to – everybody knows how bad Thursday night football has been, right? Especially last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. It was a joke. Al Michaels yeah. wanted to actually just fall asleep during the games. So I'm going to give you every Thursday night game on the schedule this year, not including Chiefs-Lions because Amazon doesn't have the rights to that. And I want you to give me yeah. on a 1 to 10 scale, 10, you are going to make sure, regardless of how busy you are, you're going to watch it, 1 – even if you have a completely free slate, you are going to find something else to do. I just want mm-hmm. to kind of see how you feel if they did a better job this year with Thursday night. So week two is Eagles and Vikings. Yeah, I think this is like a solid seven. Uh, yeah. Just because I want to see some Eagles. Here's the thing I want to caveat all this with, though, is I think these games partially suck, too, because of the short week. Like I, yeah. I know that's not like a hot take or anything, but even with the good matchups, we see things that we saw a lot of games this year that should have been a little bit better being very boring. Um, well, I think I, I, <laughs> I was going to say, I think uh, they also fucked it up. Like Colts Broncos was a god. Yeah, they miscalculated the f- on a lot of teams. Well, they the did. fact that they went from Colts Broncos to commanders bears back to back weeks was just horrible. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I'll give this one. Uh, this game is in, I want to make sure I have my facts right here. I think it's in Philly. It's loading. It's loading. Yeah, it's in Philly. Okay, so yeah, I yeah. mean, I'm, I'd, I'd put that around an eight. I think that's pri- pretty solid game. Although primetime Kirk Cousins probably gonna shit the bed. Um, <laughs> hey, that's part of the intrigue. It's funny. Week, week three, Giants at 49ers. Solid six. Yeah, I was feeling the same thing. I'm not so sure I'm buying With back it into being the NFC. Giants. Yeah, but we'll we'll have to see. I I think. Giants could be in for a little bit of regression. Uh, week four, I li- think so too. Lions at Packers. Like a four. <laughs> You're not feeling that I know that it's one. a little different for you. Yeah, look, I, I think I don't take either of those teams serious as like actual contenders. Uh, so I'm, I'm dropping it below given that uh, the Niners and Eagles, I think, are like the two people, two teams actually fighting to make the Super Bowl. Oh, the um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Um, oh, week five, we got a dandy. Yet again, Bears at Commanders. Oof. You know, I'll give it, I'll actually give it a five. I'm kind of high on the Commanders this year. Uh, really? I think they've got a, I think they've got a really good roster. I, I was listening to a podcast that broke it down top to bottom. And if they can get their shit together, um, quarterback is obviously still a bit of a question for them. But if they can question. get their shit together, they have a, they have an opportunity to be interesting uh basically what i'm saying is take season total wins over for the commanders and i don't even know what it is but <laughs> i'm feeling it okay yeah i'm putting that like a two i just don't think either team's interesting 
Um, yeah, can't be worse but, than last you know, year. I did put it at a five after I gave Lions Packers a four, though, so I'm going to move it to a three. My bad. <laughs> um, this one is obviously a little biased, but Broncos at Chiefs, week six. Yeah. Um, I'll say something. You know, I'm tired of this game being in fucking primetime. Why do they always schedule yeah. this game in primetime? They they do every time. I mean, this is the uh, – it was a Thursday night – or no, it was a Monday night when Mahomes did the left-handed uh, yeah, pass yeah. on that game-winning drive. But, yeah, you are right. It feels like this game always gets uh, slotted in there. Um, it's. It, I'm guessing this is the one in uh, in the Denver as well. No, this one's an Arrowhead. Oh, at Arrowhead. So yeah. there's two Thursday nights at Arrowhead. Great. Yeah. Um. They they amended. That. Yeah, yeah. Hard to say it on a bias because obviously it's a ten. Like I'm making time for it. Um. But I bet you a lot of neutral fans are going to decline. Um. Watching the leg of these uh, this rivalry that the Chiefs are more likely to pull off given that they've won like what the last 17 games against the Broncos <laughs> I don't know if it's that many but it feels like that many it's, it's no no it literally is dude the last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs the Royals hadn't won the World Series yet I know Obama was still in office 15, to 15. yeah it was it was literally like September of 2015 it was that game that like somebody fumbled either Alex Smith fumbled no or... it was Jamal Charles fumbled that was yeah, our last Jamal loss. Charles that was our last loss yeah yeah and then we ended up at we ended up being like one and five, and then we ended up eleven and five. Yeah, yeah, yep. Chiefs have won. Yep, and we haven't straight. lost them since. Fifteen yep, straight. Yep. Yeah. Um. I mean, if Sean Payton can fix Denver, which they can't be worse, then it could be entertaining. Uh, week seven's Thursday night game is Jaguars at Saints. It's kind of an odd one. Yeah, I'll give this like a four, a three. Not uh, buying into the Derek Carr Saints. No, not really, man. It's just, it's just mundane for me at this point. Like, I Derek Carr's a fine quarterback, and he's nothing more, nothing less. Um, yeah, that, and I I don't really care for the Saints. I want to like him. My brother lives in New Orleans, but you know how much I hate Tyron Matthew. Like, I hate him so <laughs> much. I can't stand that guy. So yeah. Um, week eight, Buccaneers at Bills. I'm gonna put that at a one. Yeah, I'm going to say this is definitely getting skipped. I don't think anybody is wondering if who's going to win this football game. they could have done that game any of the previous years, Tom Brady was there. I would have watched. but uh, That would have been a great game. Yeah, yeah it would yeah, have been yeah. fantastic. Um, the one time they did meet. Who even, who even are the who are the Bucks even going to run out of quarterback? I know who it is. I just don't remember. Baker. Baker, that's right. Yep, I knew it was somebody obvious. Oh, God. They opted not to draft yeah, him, man. so. Week nine. Yeah. Well, be... I think it was smart. Yeah. Hank, I mean, it was Hank, either Hank. Will Levis or nobody. So they, they um, like make yourself available for Caleb. Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Like or Drake may. Yeah. It's too really high. It, it's a good quarterback class next year. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. Week nine time. Titans at Steelers. The Steelers are one of those teams. I, I'm very interested to watch this season and I'm kind of glad the Chiefs don't play them because I feel like they have a lot of potential. I mean, are we gonna like toot the uh, Steelers will make the playoffs this year? Horn. Um, now the AFC one way is or tough, another. but yeah, yeah. I mean, with the I don't know with the Jets becoming like obvious playoff makers, it's a little bit harder for me to say that now. Yeah, no, I don't know. Like this game, I will watch. I hope at this point it's either Will Levis or Tannehill's playing well for Tennessee's sake. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Hills playing well. <laughs> hope you know you can only hope. What are the odds Tennessee has another one of those years where they just have a really good record for no reason? Ah, uh, not not anymore, man. The AFC South. Well, okay, the Colts and Texans are still dog shit, so they should at least win yeah. four so games. They got... But Jacksonville yeah. now is the class of that division. You'd have to think. So yeah, and they I, didn't quite fall into the last spot of that because they were still finished second in that division, didn't they? Yeah, they got yeah they they fumbled yeah. at the end of the year, but we'll yeah. see. I mean, I yep. wouldn't be surprised if Will Levis is starting by that point in the season. We'll, we'll see, man. We will see. Um, week ten. This is this has the potential to be a big stinker. Panthers at Bears. How did the Bears get two Thursday night games? <laughs> What are we I, doing? Because then you know, I, I don't know how Bezos doesn't have a little more pull than this. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give it a two. Maybe I hope Bryce, Bryce Young's good. Playing. If Bryce Young's I... good and Justin Fields are good, could be interesting. But you don't if think he's, you this don't think is he's playing? if this is Andy Dalton versus 
Justin Fields, uh, I'll pass. Wait, so I seriously haven't noticed this. Is Bryce Young going to be like a, a uh, gap year quarterback? Um, It could be like a bullshit thing. They could be right now, yes, but that could just be, you know, by week three, if Andy Dalton's not playing well, they'll probably pull him. Okay, okay, yeah. So it's Andy Dalton. That's very easy to get sucked into the we need to play the number one overall pick trap. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Um, week 11. So two, but, but oh, okay. potential. Potential. Okay, potential, yeah. Week 11. Yeah. I hope this fuck stays healthy for this game. Bengals at Ravens. This is... Ooh-wee. Yeah, this is a good... This is a clean 8-9. Need Lamar um, to play. Big time. Need Lamar to play this game. November the 16th. This will be right when the, you know, that's where the season starts to heat up. Oh, man, I really hope. And that's where Lamar usually might, usually starts piecing out at least the past two years. It's around <laughs> yeah, this absolutely, area. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I'm watching that. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that has all the potential to be a great game. Uh, week 12 is Thanksgiving, so we've got three games to break down. For the second Thursday, it'll be Packers and Lions. Um, <laughs> then it'll oh, be Commanders and Cowboys. And the Thursday night game will be 49ers at Seahawks. Okay, so I really think all of these are a, like, a six in the I'm going to watch them because why wouldn't I? But yeah. none of them are really, like, making me excited. They will uh, be on the TV. I still have to always make the reference to Aaron Rodgers playing on Thanksgiving will never not make me think of Green 19! Green! Oh, fuck! Yeah. <laughs> Well, the most of, classic moment. Speaking of Rodgers, <laughs> the first Black Friday game he will be starting in, it'll be Dolphins at Jets. This is basically a Thursday night game. We can grade this. Yeah. This is a clean seven. This yeah. is a clean seven. It will be a 2 p.m. game. So, I mean, it's a day. All righty, then. I like that. Friday day game. Yeah, big don't think, money. Don't Get think that's up. happened. Uh, the next week, week 13, will be Seahawks at Cowboys. Ooh, Seahawks at Cowboys. Uh, yeah, pass. Uh, uh, four. In a game that might finish ten to three, week fourteen is Patriots and Steelers. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, four. <laughs> uh, watch them like light up. The, the NFL is lucky it's the NFL because in any other sport, like this would never even. Get <laughs> they couldn't get away with this shit. Uh, week yeah, fifteen, yeah. Chargers at Raiders. Okay, six. I think this can have implications. Not that I think the Raiders are going to be part of those implications, but <laughs> maybe maybe the Chargers will finally get their shit together and actually like mount a meaningful challenge for the AFC West at this stage in the season. I feel like usually that dream is dead. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll um, see. December the 21st, which is week 16, Saints at Rams. I mean, the Rams are one of those teams I don't know what to think about going into this year. Uh, I, I kind of do. I feel like they're going to be poo-poo butt. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't know for sure. Uh, and this is Saints at Rams, you said? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's going to be a no for me, dog. Three. <laughs> okay, and then our last Thursday night game of the year. Let's see if they send us out on a bang. It is... Okay, maybe. Jets at Browns. Yeah, the nasty man versus the conspiracy theorist. Um I will give it a I'll give it a six. I'll give it a six. Both teams are in the AFC, so you never know. Right. I I really hope the Browns just shit the bed this year, though. That'd be funny. <laughs> that would be good for a lot of I fucking hate Deshaun Watson. Um well that's yeah, all who the, doesn't? Tell the Thursday night shit. we have for this season. I would say on average I'd give it at like a five or six. Yeah, yeah. I I think like my average attention being paid is gonna be like it's on the TV, but I'm not like actually watching hard. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what we're looking at. That's that's probably my average attention scale with with a few full skips and a couple a couple uh glued to the TV games. Mainly that uh Bengals Ravens one. That sounds nice. That'll be a nice midweek treat <laughs> yeah uh, yeah i mean they always they, there will probably be some help those games will end up sucking i i think the only thursday game last year worth a hell was chief chargers to begin the year 
I can't even think yeah. of another one that even happened. Like Rams Raiders late in, late in the year where Baker like threw that touchdown to win it, but that meant nothing. So yeah, I mean yeah yeah. Well, that's... that was another miscalculation one because everyone thought that every team in the AFC West was going to be good, and that was that was so far from the case. Two of them were just shit. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, speaking right. of our podcast name, Primetime KC, this is the first season that teams are not guaranteed a primetime game. Can you guess the four teams that did not land a primetime game this season? You want to know what's stupid is I saw the four teams that didn't land a primetime game, and I really don't even remember a single one of them. Uh, I'll go I, with I think they fumbled. the Texans. The Texans are one of them, yeah. Yeah. Um, how about... Uh, the Cardinals. Yep. Without Kyler, there's no reason to want to watch them. Yeah. Um, how about the... Oh, it just got a little more difficult. Those were like the two obvious ones, I feel yeah. like. <laughs> uh, 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 I don't know. Give them to me. We'll be here a while. The Colts are one of them. Which okay, yeah. I think is a miss because I think Anthony Richardson, regardless of if he's good or bad. About the, be... the Falcons? And the Falcons, yeah. There we go. Got the third one. Let's See, go. I think you know, the, and they can always flex them, but I think the Texans and Colts should have gotten a primetime game. Um, Stroud and Richardson, it's going to be fun. To, uh, people are going to want to watch. I understand they're thinking with the Falcons and the Cardinals, but even Atlanta, man, yeah. Atlanta's got an exciting offense. They've got Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and now Bijan Robinson. Like I know they have a shit quarterback, but still, like I don't know. I was kind of surprised. Yeah. Car- Cardinals were the one that made the most sense. I'm going to – I'm gonna. okay, we didn't do draft talk, though, but I'm going to go off on a little tangent here. Is it The ninth the overall pick uh-huh. on B. John Robinson. Eighth. The ninth. Eighth. Eighth. Yeah. With Jalen Carter still on the board. Yeah. Just, I'm sorry, man. Batshit insanity. I have no way of defending that. And I was always on the side of, like, even first-round pick is pr- probably too high for Bijan. Um Yeah, man. And, uh, look, maybe all of this is too based on the fact that the Chiefs wasted a first-round pick on Clyde and then spent uh, draft assets on the offensive line in a seventh-round running back, and then they had no trouble running the ball. But instead, let's use the ninth overall pick or eighth overall pick while arguably the best player in the draft still on the board. It doesn't make any sense to me. I think it's kind of bad shit. Oh, it is. It's it's poverty. I mean, even... And I'm a little, I'm a little salty that Eagles got Jalen Carter, too. Like, that's another part of it. Like, y'all really let him fall there? Like, holy shit. I don't even care that much about that. I just think they're stupid. And I think a team that found a way to be dumber than them was Detroit. You alluded to them earlier. I mean, you yeah. have the sixth overall pick. You trade back and take Jameer Gibbs when you could have just taken Bijan Robinson at six. I don't yeah. completely understand the thinking there. I thought, yeah. look, I'm not a big running back going in the first round guy, but I could understand a team late in the first round taking a flyer on Bijan. The fact that Jameer Gibbs went top 12 is batshit insane, especially for a team like Detroit, who was so horrendous on defense last year, passing up on some of the best defensive players on the board for a fucking running back. And then when they pick again at 18, they take Jack Campbell, who's a linebacker out of Iowa, who by many was a projected second-round pick. I, Very, very confusing. Yeah, and I think even the idea behind uh, taking a running back at that level is like you want to be like a good offense trying to become a great offense or feeling yeah. like the, yeah. the most obvious hole. Um, but no, man, there's there's too much positional value at that first tier of like edge rushers. Like, when in doubt, just take take the best edge available. When you're yeah. picking in the top ten, like if you don't have the guy you like, of all the things, do not default to a running back. It's just it's it's wild to me. Or or trade your pick just to pick a running back. It's it, it's all stupid. Um, it's fine though. I guess it I guess it literally helped, arguably helped the Chiefs uh, as a team that wasn't looking at those stupid positions and just drafted a bunch of uh, spots that are a little bit harder to get production at because you can literally go on football reference, type in free agent running backs, click on the guy at the top of the page, and there's like a 30% chance he's going to be good for you. Like legit. Yeah. That's how that's how variable running backs are. I I don't understand going first round. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. 
Yeah, and I think especially if you're Carol or excuse me, not Carolina, if you're uh, Atlanta, you don't have a quarterback. Part of the thing if you're going to take a running back high is you've got to have a quarterback in place already. By the time yep. that Atlanta gets the quarterback position figured out, Bijan's going to be past his prime. Honestly, uh-huh. unless they trade yeah. for a, a an already established quarterback, which good luck doing that doesn't happen. Um, like they are screwed. They have no chance. It, like by the time they land a quarterback, develop that quarterback, and he's in his prime, Bijan's going to be 27, 28, going on the wrong side of the running back scale. I don't get it. I just don't understand it. Nope. And they drafted Tyson Algier last year with a late round pick, and he ran for over 1,000 yards. They were, as a team, number three in rushing last year. And they yep. got a fucking nope. first round pick. We're taking a running back. It's like, okay, yeah, go ahead. Uh, that's why you weird. haven't made the playoffs in six years. Um, yep, very weird, very weird, very weird. Let's get I on to the NBA playoffs now, John. Your favorite. <sighs> um, it's been God, a while. Man. It's been a while since we've been on and talked. Um we are down to our final four. Not not a four that John really likes. But John, I mean, what, is, uh, what has been your main takeaway from this postseason? You can talk about anything you want. My main takeaway from this postseason is I really just hate the NBA. I think it's a shit sport. Um, I'd rather watch the Royals play all 162 games, oh, wow. quite frankly, than any of this NBA playoffs. Um, you know, man, all right, here's where I'm really – gotta be i'll i'll say and anyone that the, the the two people that listen to this podcast consistently know that at the start of the year i picked the lakers to win the championship and i was called retarded stupid um all of these terms okay and yeah it was mainly out of spite but i did it because i felt you know what the nba always pisses me off every year i say i hate this sport so i said i'm gonna pick the team i want to win the least they're going to win the title. It's a foregone conclusion, I'm telling you. And I think the Nuggets are better. I really do. I, they're going to find a way to blow it. They're going to find a way to blow it. And even if they don't, they have that bitch Michael Porter Jr. and Christian Brown, who I both just can't stand. Probably my least favorite Mizzou player ever, combined with the KU player. Um, it blows my mind. I can't. I can't handle it. Um, but I will say, I got one gift, and it's that no one listened when I said the bubble was all Doc Rivers' fault. And I'm sorry, if you don't believe that, you're a little bit insane. Doc Rivers blew the one year of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George being healthy during the playoffs. It will never happen again. They're both going to be like geriatric old men next season. Um, and we had one season where they were both healthy come playoff time. And Doc Rivers and his inability to unstall an offense, which I just don't get, man. Doc Rivers couldn't unclog a toilet if he needed to. Like, they had multiple quarters where they scored – 12 or fewer points. They, they scored like 13. Well, yeah, I said 12 or fewer, 13 or fewer. They scored like 13 points in the fourth quarter of game six, and they scored like 10 points in the third quarter of game seven. That is on the coach, man. Like, Joel Embiid didn't forget how to play basketball. The Celtics said, oh, they're playing offense like this. We're going to make an adjustment. And Doc Rivers just sat there while they got absolutely pocketed possession after possession. Um and yeah, I just hate that guy. I can't believe he's still giving coaching opportunities. He blows a lead in like every time he loses. Every time he blows a lead. It once he shows his hands, like there's no there's no pivot for Doc Rivers. He's just an awful coach. And he's probably not gonna get fired somehow. Like I think they might stick with him. Uh it just blows my mind. It's crazy. Uh yeah, yeah. I'm angry. I'm angry, Jackson. And I hope your heat can do something because they're the team I can tolerate the most. But they're just as as much as like Jimmy Butler's been cold. Um, it's just hard for me to like sell myself on a team that really struggled to perform for the entirety of the year. Um, and you know, being just a dog only gets you so far. Um, and I think I think they're not going to be able to pull through, which frustrates me, man. I'm left with Boston, the Lakers, and Michael Porter Jr. Like, <laughs> calm the. I I can't believe it. Yeah, I mean. As you can imagine, I'm pretty excited with how this postseason has played out. Um, I had two of my, I mean, Lakers aren't and one of my favorite teams, but LeBron is obviously one of my favorite players. So um, two of my favorite four are still in it. That's more than I could have asked for, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a dogfight for both the Heat and the Lakers this series. 
I remember, I'm old enough to remember when I got on here, I don't know if it was predicting the playoffs or if it was right before the playoffs, and I said I thought Denver could win a championship. And Josh specifically didn't fucking give me the light of day. He wouldn't even let me finish the sentence. Denver, in my opinion, can win this. I still, I believe it now more than I did before, can win the finals. So you might be off the hook a little bit, John. I do think the Nuggets have what it takes to win this championship because, and and I think if they do, I'll take it a step further. I think if they do win this championship, Jokic will hold the crown as the best player in the league. I'll tell you what, Jackson, and I agree with all of that. I the the basketball like knowledge part of me says like the Nuggets are the best team and they will win the championship. Um, Michael Porter Jr., who I hate is still really good at basketball and him being like your third scoring option means you're a damn good team. Yes. Um, but, but look, man, I, I just don't believe that it's going to be quite so fair. I got the Lakers just like pulling it easy. Um, I, I truly do. You I do have, have to no worry trust. about the NBA making it Lakers Celtics. You do have to worry that they wanted that they will. Yeah, you absolutely do. I think, I mean, yeah. look at game six of the Sixers Celtics. They hosed Philadelphia as much as you want to blame doc rivers and you know, rightly so. They even Woj tweeted something about it. Like, did you see that? Woj came out and tweeted how bad it was. Yeah, well, Doc Rivers should still just get his like be able to coach his team to more than thirteen points. No, I, I again, that's unacceptable. It's Doc Rivers is no one is trying to argue for him, but you do worry that they will do anything in their power to get Lakers Celtics to happen. Yeah, yeah, I just I just feel bad for Philadelphia fans. Like, dude. More people have to be victim to his madness. That's just wild. Just wild. Like, it. Nah, I can't believe it, man. Would he you just say, he ruins everything. He's a ruiner. Would you say that the pro, the process, you know, the Joel Embiid process, would you say that era, this this put a breast to it? You think this is it? Oh, it's been dead, man. It's been dead. It was dead the day they hired Doc Rivers. <laughs> like, that is when it died. Well, I think uh, it died before that. But, yeah, I mean, that was... I'm trying. How many years has Doc been there? Did, you, uh, did he get hired even, immediately after the Clippers no, fired him? This is. I think this is his third full season. I think this is. Yeah, yeah. I think this is his third full season. Yeah, like, just like talking about the Sixers. I was thinking about this yesterday after the game. What they've done to surround and beat as an organization, they fucked up the process so so badly. Think about the picks that they used after they took Embiid. They took Jaleel Okafor, Ben Simmons, and Markel Fultz, all of which yeah. are terrible. I mean, Ben Simmons had promise. He became a mental pussy, and you know, after passing up that layup in Game 7, has never been the same player. Okafor, yeah, no no good. And then Markel Fultz was never the right—I mean, they, they had Jason Tatum. It has to kill them that Jason Tatum was sitting there at number one. They traded—remember— yeah. That Sixers team traded with Boston to move up to number one, to take Fultz. And Boston got Tatum at three. Like, the Sixers did this to themselves. And then, of course, you know, hiring Doc Rivers, obviously a a vital mistake. But I go back to the team that lost to Kawhi in the Raptors. They had Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, a good Ben Simmons, Mm -hmm. uh, a contributing J.J. Redick. That team, how that team lost that year, I have no idea. But I, I think this was the official stamp. The process is over. That doesn't mean you get rid of Embiid. I still think you can build around Embiid and Maxi, But serious change needs to happen in Philadelphia. Yep. I agree. I agree. So for no, your you, conference you finals. You absolutely can build around those guys. And I, that's, why, that's why I'm not giving Joel the shtick that, that a certain someone got when he struggled to score points in a game seven. Um, yeah, that's, that's not what I'm getting at. I think the Sixers fundamentally ruined their best opportunity to finally make the championship. Um, and imagine how funny it would have been if they would have made the finals and lost. That means Philadelphia would have yeah. lost the championship <laughs> in every sport, but NHL. they like, Oh they my blew God. Game six. Like Tatum was playing one of the worst games of his career and they let Boston hang around and Tatum saved his legacy basically in the last five minutes of that game. And then obviously has the 51 yeah. burger in game seven. Like he saved his legacy that game. And you know, it's all, it's all 76ers fault, man. They let him hang around and 
They've got a lot of things to work on. I can't imagine them running it back with Harden next year. I just don't think. I mean, he deserves a lot of shit too. No. I mean, I know you hate yeah, Doc, no, he, uh, but those does. are two guys who are both notorious for choking in the biggest games and the biggest moments. And I thought, I thought just yeah, maybe this year, I, I thought agree. just maybe this year could be different for James. I honestly did. After James Harden had that game one and then that game four in this series, I was like, holy shit. Is he finally going to, like, put this narrative away? Is he finally going to prove people wrong? Nope. I mean, game six and seven, a disaster. Just an absolute disaster. Yeah. 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 It's it really terrible. Uh, it, it's a pretty painful detail, man. I got to say, man, that's pretty rough. So uh, what are your predictions, John, for the Western Conference and Eastern Conference Finals? Who wins and in how many games? All right, so I got the Celtics in seven. Again, sorry, Jackson. Oh, and I've got the Lakers in six. That's been the Lakers' yep. formula. They've stolen yep. both series. They've stolen game one, won game three and four, and then closed it out in six. Uh, that's just kind of the way that they've been riding it. Um, I'm going to take, man, I shouldn't do this to myself, but I am going to take the Heat to win in seven, I think. It's just it's, oh man! It's time for revenge, man. They were they were there last year versus Boston. They were one shot away. I, I mean, Miami's not as good as Boston, but I will say this: I don't give a fuck about Jason Tatum's Game Seven performance. Jimmy Butler's the best player in this series, and if they can get yeah. a good Bam Adebayo, and look, the the most important thing in this series, I don't think, is a player at all. I think it is Eric Spolstra's ability to outcoach Joe Muzzle, however the fuck you say his name. Eric Spolstra, the reason the Heat are here right now, he ran laps around Mike Boldenhoser, got him fired, and ran laps around Tom Thibodeau. Like, it, you have a very strong argument Spolstra is the best coach in the game right now. Because this team is literally Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and then just a bunch of G League players. And they are somehow consistent yeah. in the conference finals. So I think that's the biggest deal is Spolster will find a way throughout this series. Um, in the West, oh, I'm taking Denver in seven. I just I want the Lakers to oh, make man. it. Oh man, I want the Lakers to make it, but I just think this I think this Denver team is just incredibly deep, and I think the one thing that Denver has that the Lakers haven't faced this postseason is a talented scoring big in Jokic. Think about Memphis. They didn't, I mean, who, Jaron Jackson Jr., he's a defensive player. Steven Adams was out that series. He's not even an offensive player to begin with. The Warriors, I mean, Kevon Looney, that's about all they got. You, you, now you're facing yeah. an actual talented big. And look, the Lakers, especially AD and LeBron, are typically great on one side of the floor, but the other side of the floor, they're kind of, and it, it switches. Some nights they're fantastic on offense. But a lot, most of the time, though, it's defense. If you make AD exert all of his energy on the defensive side of the end versus Jokic in this series, and you can kind of essentially take him out of it on offense, I think Denver, that's what they do, and I think they, they get it done. And again, coaching-wise, I think Michael Malone finds a way to out-coach Darvin Ham. Yeah, I think that can – I think that – I think that's a very uh, possible thing. I, I am like I've said, man. I believe the Nuggets are the better team, in my heart, in my brain, but in my heart, I know it's gonna happen, man. The Lakers are gonna win it all. I'm gonna have to deal with all that bullshit. It's like it's like Tom Brady, but not a player. It's a team. Not that LeBron isn't the goat, but it's not like he's not like inevitable. I don't take issue with LeBron. I take issue with the Lakers. And I, I can't, I can't do it again, man. I hate when everyone gets all happy about the Lakers winning. It drives me nuts, and that's where I am. I think it's interesting if, like I said, I think if the Nuggets win, Jokic is the best player in the world, and I don't see an argument around that unless like yeah. he, he gets carried to the ring, which I just can't even imagine that happening with the way Denver's structured. Uh -huh. um, I think if the Lakers win it all, you could maybe call AD the best player in the world. The way he's played this postseason, mostly. Yeah. He is their number one. People that don't watch don't get it. Anthony Davis is the, is the guy in Los Angeles right now. It's not LeBron. LeBron is a fantastic number two. He is on a lot of teams a number one. But AD, this Lakers team goes as far as Anthony Davis takes them. Yeah, I think that's very true. I think that's very, very And when he's on, he's the best defensive player in basketball yeah. right now. 
Yeah, and I think that's a big reason that they look so bad at the start of the year because he was not contributing at the level he is right now. Oh, no, he's defensively I mean, a monster. It wasn't, it wasn't like that. Um, and, yep, he really is. Um, and he then, really is at the moment. And I don't think it's, you could it's really... It's concerning. It scares the shit out of me. <laughs> I don't think you could really say that about, like, if the Heat win, I don't think you could consider Butler the best player in the world. Um I don't think if the Celtics win, Tatum's the best Dude, player. Dude, you can't in the world. consider him necessarily the best player, but you can consider him the biggest dog. I think you absolutely. Oh, can. if the Heat win a His championship this year, I, I have a extremely hot take crazy. on this. If the Heat win a championship this year, I think Jimmy Butler surpasses LeBron in Miami's legacy. I think he becomes the second best player in Heat history if they get a ring. I know LeBron won two there and went to oh, four. Nobody's passing. Dwayne Dwayne. No one's passing Dwayne Wade. Wade. You, you're not passing Dwayne. Yeah, Wade. I mean, fair. But, but you still got to say that the two rings are more of LeBron's creation, especially the second one when D Wade's knees were kind of going out on him. I get it, but but I mean, Dwayne Wade is Mister. He is Mister Miami. I mean, he's drafted there, won a championship there. Yeah, he is. That's just I, his city. I went to a Miami game, and I've always said, I've always said, like after I went to Miami game, I've never been to a game where the amount of jerseys are so like centered around one point player going to chiefs games now like there's still enough kelsey to like drown it out it dude i saw one goran dragic one that's <laughs> the only non-d wade jersey i saw in the whole ring oh, people it was Dwayne crazy Wade. it's like everybody had a d wade jersey um and yeah no it you, you've got a point he is mr miami he's he's the hero of that franchise for sure but but to the point of that is i'm just saying like i think if jimmy butler wins a ring there it completely cements him he's at least top three i mean he you could already make the argument jimmy butler's top three miami heat player ever they've been he's been there four years now they've gone to the conference finals three out of the four years he's been to an nba finals like he's and and to be completely honest with you i don't think the miami heat make the playoffs without this guy like any of these years it's just unbelievable and another another reason Dwayne wade will be mr miami is because he recruited jimmy butler to come to miami so Never, it never stops. Yeah. Um, let's Absolutely. talk about, before we wrap up today's show, oh, you know who we have to talk about. You know the franchise that we're going to have to discuss here. They're 12 and 30. They yeah. have no hope. It's worse now than it was when the rebuild started, it feels like. It's your Kansas City Royals. John, what the fuck? Why are they like this? Man, I really don't know. I really don't. Well, actually, I do. They they have terrible, terrible management. Um, it's kind of out of control. And they have for a very long time. And it's all kind of coming to a T now. Like, it's been five years of complete shit. And we just got... Wait, has it been five or six? It's well, been five. it started and in 18 we, we when got, we were terrible. Yeah, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. That's five. That... They were going on to our sixth year, and, you know, we were hoping things would improve a little bit. We got to see some young players and all that, but we're complete shit. We just are, man. It's crazy. Like, it's worse than last year. And I, and I remember it's par- partially my fault because I came on here and said there's no way it would be worse than last year. But it it is worse than last year, and it's, like, significant. It feels significantly worse than last year. And I don't know who to honestly blame. I mean, you there's not a pitcher on the team right now that I'm confident in going forward. Not a single one of them. Thought I thought I was confident no, in Singer. No, no, he's been dog shit. Uh, the the offseason signing of Jordan Lyles, it just terrible. Dude has over a seventy RA. The Royals have lost each of his first nine starts. That's like a I, I think it's like a record or some shit. I don't think that's ever been done in Royals history. It's just unbelievable. Um, there are highlights. I mean, Vinny is hitting the ball well. He's a beast. Prado has looked insanely good since getting called back up. Outside of his blunder yesterday in Milwaukee, Garcia is a promising young guy. There's still time for, you know, Melendez and Bobby Witt are still, they show the flashes, they show things. But, man, it's like they drafted pitching over and over and over and over again, and somehow nothing has landed. Yep. Yeah. Hey, man, like the scouting is clearly shit. Let's be honest here. The, the talent ID for a long period of time is so bad. And what's even worse, too, is like our 
is rated among the lowest in the league, if I recall correctly. So, John, you sound like a robot right now. Leave and come back. Oh, okay, okay. Leave and come back real quick. We're having technical difficulties with your mic. Uh, I don't know what he was saying, but hopefully this fixes it. All right, go ahead. There, again, there you go. Go ahead. Uh, I was just saying, our scouting talent ID clearly for a long period of time has been terrible. Um, and that that is like just never been more evident than the fact that all the guys we had been told to wait for, because once they're up, we're going to have great pitching and all this. They're all shit. Every single one of them. <laughs> it wasn't. Chris Bubich gets Tommy John. So yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a wise man once said, a certain person once compared being a Mizzou fan to this, and I'll use this analogy for the Royals. It's like having rectal cancer, but also hemorrhoids. Like you've got double, double duty, just making your life miserable. And yeah, that's, that's where we're at, man. I don't know where the organization goes from here. They don't really have tradable pieces to be completely honest. They got Araldus Chapman. That's it. <laughs> like, what do they do? It's like they brought in one veteran arm. Well, two, Yarborough, but he's hurt. And Lyles, he's terrible. But they're like, oh, he eats innings. My ass, that guy eats innings. He's averaging less than six innings a start. Um, I, I don't know what they do, man. It's it's bad. It is just horrible. Like, I'd love to hear someone I love to hear someone other than us talk about it. Like, I'd love to have, like, some people on Twitter, like, message us and, like, send us shit how they're feeling about it. Because I think me, you, yeah. and Josh just have the same sentiment of, like, we are completely checked out of this franchise. That we... It's gotten past the point of being upset to the point to where it's just, like, I can't care anymore. It's just, like, this is so typical. Yeah. It's, like, it's like for I've my sanity, for I can't care anymore. Like, it is so bad. And I know it sounds privileged. Oh, you guys won a World Series less than a decade ago. But, like, fuck no. Like, that's not how it's supposed to be. You're not supposed to win a world championship and then proceed to not have a winning record the next eight seasons. That's not how yeah, it's... Yeah, that's the thing, man. You can, you, can get, you can be bad for a little bit, but you can't just be this terrible forever. Like, this is wild. This is way too long of just being absolutely awful, man. Just, like, horrible. It's it's infuriating. And and there's not like any sign of it like it's not like we're getting closer. It's like it feels like we're getting further from competing. It's not like no, normally your dog shit, you start to get a little better. Oh, you're you know, you're a fun team and then boom, you're good. This has just been the same thing over and over and over again. I mean, Baltimore started their rebuild the same time we did. They're 26 and 14. They have absolutely no problem turning that thing around. I mean, it's just so frustrating, man. It's like, how can they continuously be so bad? The Nationals have one of the worst rosters in baseball. They just traded Juan Soto. They're 18 and 23. At least it's respectable. Like, if, yeah, o- if yeah. Oakland didn't exist, we would be the laughing stock of baseball. And to be completely honest, I still consider us the laughing stock of baseball because they're not even trying to win. They have an owner who wants to just move the fucking team. They don't even want to win. We're trying yeah, to win consistently, and we can't. Yep, it's wild, man. And it to really show the disease that the Kansas City Royals are, Pedro Grafal leaves, goes to the White Sox. They have like their worst, they're 14 28. They're having one of their worst starts in franchise history. I mean, it's just yep. like, it's it's why when they fired Dayton and they just put JJ up in his spot, I wasn't that excited. Like, I was excited to change GMs, I was excited to get new manage, manager, but at the same time, it's like, this is the same shit. It's the dude that had been licking Dayton's boots. It's the right-hand man to the guy that turned us to shit. He was Dayton's boot licker for the past decade, and now he's just taking over. Who's to say Dayton's not still fucking texting this guy, giving him advice and shit on what to do? That's very well possible. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's bad. I I think they needed a complete overhaul of everybody in the front office. If we're being honest, they need a different owner, but I can't really do anything about that. Um, Yep. Yeah, man, it's it's bad. Nope. I hate to come on here and be just the bad news bears about them every time we have to talk about them, but they don't give us anything to be positive about, man. They don't give us even the slightest. If they were five games under five hundred, I would be positive about them right now. Yep. But to be twelve and thirty, to be but it's like yeah, go ahead. They're they're playing t ball, man. They're playing oh, t ball. Like it's we've terrible. talked about this, yeah. And eh. it's 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 shit like what happened yesterday that makes it extra frustrating. Like, this isn't just a simple, like, we're a bad team. We 
have so many issues and we're embarrassing by it. Like it's it's irritating as hell, man. And you're still I didn't even know I don't know how I even forgot to mention this. You're still giving Hunter Dozier at bats. You know, you're still giving Nate Eaton at bats. I I guess Eaton's a little younger, but I mean still, I mean you've got guys in your lineup. Just like you've got Eaton's batting point four eight. Not no no not four eighty, point zero four eight. Massey's batting two eighteen. Dozier's batting one ninety seven. How do you expect a win like that? Like this is dog shit. Jordan Lyles ERA seven point one four. Like something has to happen. And what pisses me off is if this was New York, or if this was Los Angeles, or if this was a bigger market, or if this was a market that had passionate fan base or a super passionate fan base, this shit wouldn't fly. It wouldn't fucking fly. If they did this with the Yankees, this shit would not fly. It would not be acceptable. At a certain point, it's kind of on the fan base to just rebel against this shit and just stop showing up and stop supporting it. Because at a certain point, it's just to a point to where if you keep supporting these idiots for doing what they're doing, it's never going to change. Yep. Yep, man. It's, uh, it sucks. It's depressing as hell. Uh, it just, you know, I don't see a situation where it improves anytime soon. I think we're going to be stuck in the same period of shittiness for pretty much the amount of time we have been. I think we've got another five years to even hope and even then it might be worse then than it is now um and the other thing man is who really believes that any of these players that like we have confidence in actually want to be here like why, we, why we talk you? about giving bobby you? witt jr. we we talk about giving bobby witt jr like an extension early and all this shit i don't think i don't think he has any interest in that i think he fully is like counting down the days <laughs> to where he can get paid to go play somewhere well why else. would you want to be um here? No, no, no I, reason I agree, to be man. Here. I'm not blaming the players at all. I know it's the reason. The reasons for what I'm saying is because we've uh, we've we've sucked and we've just been incapable of doing anything to uh, help out the guys that we need to be helping out, and it's uh, it's irritating, man. If I was a good young player, I wouldn't want to waste my time here. Like it's nope. And I I this isn't every rant we do is not. I don't. I'm not. This is not against the players. This is against the organization itself. I like most yep. of the players. Most of the players are likable guys. They work hard. They come in. They do their job. Yada, yada, yada. But it's just the ownership and the decision-making up front has just been so abysmal. And it doesn't go back to 20. It, you know, the rebuild started in 2018. But in reality, it started much earlier with how bad they drafted. I mean, you're talking about they went Christian Cologne, Kyle Zimmer, Aaron Crow, um, Ash Russell, like there was a good seven to eight straight first rounds that they took dog shit. So, and I mean, again, Christian yep. Cologne came up big at, at, in big moments, but still point stands. Um, they yep. have been bad at drafting for a long time. And when you won't spend anything, it's going to take a while to recover. You got to do better than that. Yeah. You can't, that model doesn't work if you got no money to spend. Which it sucks because I grew up, I mean, we both kind of grew up, you know, our young teenage years were when the Royals were coming up and you got to watch all the guys, you know, come up and Hosmer and Gordon or not Gordon, Hosmer and Moustakis and those sort of guys. You got to watch the team like become good. And like, I think it just gave us a false hope of like, <laughs> that's how shit was going to be in Kansas City. When in reality, it is. Yeah, it just sucks that it had to immediately revert back to what it like at what it was before. And we always said, yeah, we know we're not going to be great all the time like i always knew that but man it's frustrating that we had to be just terrible again like awful 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 embarrassment like people don't even laugh at us like in in online circles or anything because it's like beating a dead horse like we're just a joke like we're such a joke that it's not funny it's like uh, it's frustrating as hell man hopefully Hopefully we can get at least one little thing because, look, I think Bobby Wood Jr. and Vinny Pasquantino and Nick Prado and MJ Melendez are a group of guys that are all going to have long and successful Major League Baseball careers. Um, but it still remains to be seen if we'll be able to do enough around them to actually put it to any use. Yep. All right, let's D4 to the week it before we head out. Who oh, you got, John? God. 
How about just Nate Eaton? <laughs> what the fuck, man? I thought we weren't attacking like, players. Place... I thought we were attacking the organization. Okay, we're not going to attack the players, but dude, 0-5-1-0-4-8. Yeah, 0-4-8. Dude, dude. Like, I know we weren't going to attack the players, all this. We said none of these attacks are on the players. Yeah. Dude. No, he's playing like shit. There's no other way to put it. He's playing like shit. There's, yeah, yeah. That that just doesn't happen, man. Like, that that's craziness. And also with a side of Hunter Dozier, who's also. Oh, I mean, that's implied. Yeah. Um, But everyone's beaten the Hunter Dozier horse so hard that you don't need to hear it from me. We all know he's fit. Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah. God, man, just so bad. And I want to do Don Sherman because you know, yeah, I mean, you know where I stand on this. Yeah, mine's gonna be everybody who talks shit on the NBA bubble, um, just because it was stupid then, and it's just funny now that the same four teams are back in the conference finals. I will also say that it's stupid that like now that's becoming a big deal on Twitter. It's like, who's saying the bubble was fake now when the Heat and Celtics have both been in this position recently it's just all of a sudden now that the lakers are all the big media companies want to like bring up that narrative yeah. but when the lakers weren't good and they were missing the playoffs nobody was saying anything when the heat and celtics and nuggets were still good just fucking annoying in that department but yeah anybody who was I'll like you, oh, was, what to, though yeah is my take on this whole thing is like i think the bubble obviously isn't fake but this isn't even actual justification of that because these teams outside of their star players have like drastically changed as well. Like they're still largely different rosters. Um, but no, the bubble obviously wasn't fake, man. They were playing basketball. Like the, you, you had to people, there was an NBA championship on the line in there and people were playing for it. I don't care if they do it like here, they are in Africa, as Michael Beasley said, um, it is a, it is a legitimate ring. Um, and yeah, that that doesn't need to be justified any amount past that. It just that's a stupid narrative, man. And I want to say the bubble's fake more than anyone because <laughs> my team had probably the most embarrassing sports moment of my life in there. So, yeah. <laughs> you know how I know the bubble isn't fake is your reaction to the Clippers losing that game seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. No, I got just as pissed. At, I got more pissed at that than any other Clippers <laughs> loss ever. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. the, the things that uh, this our viewer, our listeners will never know about that night. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's not much to be said. It was just a. It was I, a great. I think they can put together. Yeah, it, it was, was a just great. Terrible. It was a great night to not be a Clippers fan. Uh, it was a great night to not be me to get to be my friend. It was a wonderful night to be my friend. And guess what? This leads me to the other take: is that fucking everybody was cheering for the Lakers in the bubble. I don't understand it, man. People don't cheer for the Yankees in baseball, and people didn't cheer for the Patriots in football. But God, they love cheering for the Lakers. Well, do you think I, it's because you it. think it has anything to do with that Kobe died that year? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it has a little something to do with it, but I don't care, man. If Alex Rodriguez died, nobody would be caring. I just no, I, I can't. I understand the point. I understand the point. Uh, Yeah, okay, we'll go ahead and wrap up this episode. Appreciate everybody for tuning in, and we will see y'all next time.